In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us in the most blessed sacrament, we, in our gospel reading for this upcoming weekend, remember in Mark's gospel here in chapter 12, we are already in Jerusalem. We're already in the, um, we're already in Holy Week, and our Lord has triumphantly entered into Jerusalem, and now we're in this kind of leading action, and we hear that is he's in the, um, in the temple opposite the treasury, that he's seeing this multitude of people putting money into the treasury, and many of the rich came in, they're putting in large amounts, right, big, big, big gifts, and, um, but then we focus on this poor widow who came and offered two copper coins, which, which just together made, made one penny, right? There's many, many people. They're giving out of their, their total abundance. They're giving, they're giving, giving large amounts. And I don't know, our Lord kind of points them out and um, he, he offers a teaching here, but there's a real temptation in the church that when people are big donors that you, um, you focus on them. <laughs> they're, they're the important ones, right? You want to know who's important in the church? Well, tally up what everybody gives monetarily. Pick whatever number is the highest, and that's your most important person, right? That's wrong. That's a total backwards way of doing things. But that could happen in our lives. Where do I get the most financial benefit? And not just in, in the church, but in my life. What gives me the most kind of material bang for my buck? That I, um, where, where are these large amounts? And people are, I mean, usually too, people that give a lot of money. Um, not all the time, not all the time. But people that, that give in this big way, uh, usually there's some kind of recognition, right? I want my, I want my name on something. Uh, you know, I'm going I'm to give a lot of money and... We want to recognize those who, um, those who are generous. But it's like you can name anything, right? You go to certain places. Usually it's universities. And it's every building has a name. How do you get your name on? You've got to give millions of dollars, right? Well, I just want a chair in the building. Right? Not a university chair. Uh, maybe that. Like, okay, I am the XYZ chair of the this and this department that takes place in the this name building, like there was, there was a documentary, a mockumentary made by, um, I can't remember the name of the person, but he's the one who made Super Size Me. And his second um, kind of big, big picture was the greatest movie ever sold. And it, it actually ended up becoming Palm Wonderful presents the greatest movie ever sold because he basically said, I'll sell the name of the movie, right? Your, your product 
could be the name of the movie. Palm Wonderful represent, right? I drink Palm Wonderful pomegranate juice when I want pomegranate juice because of that movie now. Worked advertising, it worked on me. But people that pay a lot of money, a real lot of money, they um, want their name on stuff a lot of times. And so these people, they, they give. They give a lot. But Jesus points out that they contributed out of their abundance, right? A lot of times, these people in particular, they give, they give the leftovers. They, Jesus, you can have my leftovers. Um, I made a really good lunch the other day. You could have the leftovers. That's okay. <laughs> right? And well, do we do that, though, in our own lives, right? There are people, all kinds of people, they, they give from their abundance, it's, it's a safe amount, right? Let me, let me look at my bank account. I'm in a tenuous place right now. I have to pay an American Express bill, but there's other auto drafts that I've set up. I don't even know. It's like, hold on, I got to be sure. If I pay this Amex bill, that all the auto drafts don't get, um, don't get messed up. Um, but that's what we do. It's a safe amount, right? What's, what's the safe amount for me to give? Because I, I want to be sure I'm, I keep more than enough back, uh, a surplus back so that I can, um, I can be safe. Another form that this takes a lot of times is re-gifting, right? Not a, I'm not just going to give from my surplus. I'm going to give from the stuff I don't even want, right? I, I'm going to, I get a gift. Maybe I don't even open it. I'm just going just gonna to give it away. I look forward when you open it to seeing what I could have gotten. Um, re-gifting. I know a priest who's very, very good at re-gifting. He, he is... He's a great regifter. You just got to be careful if you regift that you don't regift something back to the person that originally gave it to you because that, that would be awkward. Um, and that happens. But this, this is the type of giving that we're talking about that's totally ridiculous. These people are giving from their surplus wealth. And then Jesus draws our attention to this poor widow. A poor widow came and put in two copper coins, which together they make one penny, right? There's one penny. And he said... Truly I say to you, amen, I say to you, this poor, windows, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For they all contributed from their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, her whole living. She, get, she gives out of her poverty, not what's left over, not what's being re-gifted, not what's safe, Lord, you saw this, this widow, this poor widow, and you noticed her gift out of her poverty. She gives everything, her whole livelihood. She gives everything away, keeping nothing back. And I think in a very real way, we have totally lost this. This idea of giving abundantly, um, but not out of our abundance, out of, out of our poverty, that we give from our poverty. What does it look like in our lives? I, most, most of those who would identify themselves as, as young adults or young professionals or definitely college students um, probably don't have a lot of material abundance. Some do, but a lot don't. Um, usually... The, I think the most frequent adjective to go in front of college student is poor college student, right? I'm just a poor college student. Um, it's never like, I'm a rich college student, right? No, I'm a poor college student. Um, 
But what does it look like when we give from our abundance? Well, it could be a lot of money, right? For some of us, we could have a lot of money. We are very materially well off. We have a lot of money and don't worry, I'm going to buy my car first and I'm going to buy the nicest, newest things first and then I'm going to buy... And if the collection basket comes around in the church or whatever, I'll, I'll fish into my pocket and um, I'll take something out. I'll figure something probably cheap, dollar, five dollars, ten dollars maybe. But um, that's going to be nowhere near. If we, if we um, you know, are, are, we just look at our subscriptions, right? All the different things we're subscribed to digitally, digital media, um, all of that. Like what, what do we regularly subscribe to for those things and how does that compare to our giving, um, do we give out of our, you know, do we have have abundance? Um, but maybe we have, maybe we have a lot of a lot of money. Um, maybe we have a, a lot of time, right? And that could be it. Like I will give Jesus, I will give to you only if I have an abundance of time, and and if I time, I got a lot of time on my hands. It's Friday night. There's not a lot going on. So I, I can come before you in this time of adoration and of prayer because I got nothing else to do. I have an abundance of time, right? I've got all the time in the world right now. Um, if we give just from our abundance, I'm only going to do any spiritual practices when I have time on my hands, when I have that, that total, um, almost boredom. I've got so much time I'm bored. I know for a lot of people that really try to keep a regular um, plan of life and practices of prayer, it's kind of harder to do when there's more time. Whereas when on a busy day, you kind of find your times to pray, but it's harder to do when there's a lot more time. But do we only give when we have an abundance of, of time? And maybe there's a logic to the fact that you have to set aside a whole day for God, the Lord's day, and that we, we need to give in that time our worship. Maybe we do need some kind of an abundance, but, um, but do we give, do we only give when we have an abundance of time? And also, um, on a more interior level, do we only kind of give to you, Lord, when we have an abundance of love? I've got an abundance of love. I really feel like I love God right now. I got an abundance of sentiment. I have an abundance of, of love. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm going to give you only out of that abundance, only when I really, really feel like it. Well, no. In the, in the face of that, we should learn from this widow's offering, and we should give from our poverty. From our, we, we should give in particular in, in times of poverty. Right? Um, an actual poverty with money. A real, there's a very good book by the spiritual writer Thomas Dubay called um, Blessed Are You Poor, I think. It, uh, Happy Are You Poor? I don't know, something about the poor. Um, but it goes into a real kind of treatment of, of poverty, really living actual poverty. And, and the way Father Dubay talks about it is, is a real factual frugality is the word that he uses, right? So it's not, there's something about being interiorly poor, being detached, but in the Christian tradition, that's never, that's never sufficient, right? It's a necessary precondition. We want to be detached. We want to have things but be detached from them. But it's better also to have less. A real factual frugality. I'm willing to do with less. 
I'm willing to, to have a, a real type of poverty and not just one that material circumstances impose on me or not just one that is like, yep, I subscribe to, to Fubo, which is like $60 a month now and Netflix, which is whatever it's at. And Amazon, I have my Amazon Prime annual membership and I have my Hulu um, and I have my Spotify or sometimes you get a Spotify Hulu pack at Disney Plus, although that's pretty cheap. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to continually buying, be buying all the stuff I want. And now poor me, I'm so poor, right? Like, no, you've, you've just spent all your money. You're not poor. Um, but that could be, do we actually have a real factual frugality where I don't, I don't really need all these things. I don't need, maybe one subscription service can do plus Amazon prime. So you can get your free shipping. Um, but one subscription service can do, um, that's all. I don't, I don't need a ton. Maybe it'd be better to say, I'm going to get this one and my friend will get that one. Instead of just sharing our logins, we'll actually watch stuff together and have some, some time for community. But I don't need to buy all these things. I don't need to own all these, all these different things. That, um, to actually live with a, a, a frugality. It would be the same with our, with our clothing. Now, I don't, I don't have a lot of room to talk, right? I wear the same custom-made outfit um, every, um, every day. Um, but we, need, we don't need a, a ton of clothing. Not be, we need to be dignified, right? It's interesting. Material poverty does not mean dirt, right? It, it's not dirtiness. It's not, oh, I, I'm going to try to be poor, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dirty. I'm going to give up soap because I want to be poor. No, use soap. So it's a good thing, right? Wash, wash your clothes. But take care of it. Have, have not a ton of stuff, but, but take care of the stuff that, that you have. And treat it with, make it last. Really, really know how to, um, how to get every little bit of value out of, out of what we have. We don't need just a, a million new things, but we know how to, how to use what we have and how to use it well and how to treat it well. Um, but a real factual frugality, that we don't, we don't need to go over the top um, financially, that we can really live with a poverty, and then we give out of our poverty, that we, we give even till it hurts, uh, and that we can be generous, right? It, I, I know. <laughs> I know some people that try to live poverty, and maybe they're uh, clerics, right, and the clergy, that like... I'm going to live poverty, so let's go out to dinner and you can pay because I'm living poverty because I'm a priest. I know, again, that's not how this works. It's, it's actually maybe better to be, to be more generous. I'm trying to live poor and I know that it's going to pinch a little, but I'm going to pay for dinner tonight um, because I'm, I'm living a greater generosity. I'm not going to just try to hold on to my stuff. Rather, I'm, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to offer to pay for things. And even if there's that little pinch because of that, I want to I pay for things for other people, if I can, um, to be generous, to be generous with, with my, my money, to give, even out of my poverty. There was a um, there's a story about San Jose Maria. In their early days in, in living in Rome, they were, they were very, very poor. Um, and they would, um, and he's got this group of students there and young, young workers, and they're just, you know, they were really living poverty. Um, but they would be tremendously good hosts to people that would, would come by the house. And they, they were always so kind of generous and they, they had very little, but what they had, they, they kind of made it work and they made it look good, 
right? So much that it got to be the saying that in Opus Dei, um, they know how to make poverty look good Um, because it's taking care. Okay, we only have like five or six plates, but we're going to take care of them. We're going to wash them and we're going to put them out. We're not going to have too many guests at dinner because that's all we got, right? And then after dinner, we're gonna we're gonna push all the furniture aside because you gotta we spent all that we had to be able to host people, so you don't have beds. So you're just gonna have to roll and sleep on the floor, because um, we put our effort into hosting people and to you know being able to give them a comfortable place, particularly when they would be visiting Rome. And so there's all these stories of um, the real poverty that they lived, um, where they were trying to to make others feel welcome. And, and as a result, it was at the great cost of great personal sacrifice. That's giving the, um, the two little copper coins. That's, that's giving everything you have um, to do works of apostolate and to, to be focused in that. Also, we could really ask, do we give from our poverty of time? In the modern world, it is, um, it's often a reality that we, we don't have a lot of time. And we, um, we feel like pinched for time. I, I'm just, I'm rushing between this and this and this. I'm going to be the pastor of four parishes on January 1st. Like, that's not a lot of time. But even in the midst of that, Jesus, do I give to you out of my poverty of time? I'm not just going to give you the time when I have an abundance, when I'm bored, but Jesus, I can give to you out of my, my poverty of time. I'm incredibly busy today. There's a lot of things I have to do. And I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to spend some time with you today in prayer. I've only got 20 minutes in between this meeting and that meeting, and then I'm running, and then I'm driving, and I'm doing this, and then I've got this party I have to go to. I, have to, the, I only have 20 minutes basically to myself all day long. Well, Jesus, I'm going to come and spend it with you in prayer and not just kind of take that time to catch up on my social media and, and sit around and do nothing. If we give to our Lord from our poverty of time, it's, it's always so impressive to see someone that, that makes the real effort on a busy day, every busy day, to, to go to daily Mass. Right, the practice of going to Mass every single day to give out my poverty of time. I'm very busy today, but I'm going to make time to go to Mass. I'm going to get up early if I have to. Because, Jesus, I want to be with you, and I'm going to receive you in the Eucharist, the greatest gift that I'm, I'm rich in you. But I may be poor in time, but I'm rich in you. I'm going to take the time in, in my little in-between moments to be with you. And then when I could be with you as well and in my brothers and sisters. There's something so refined about not appearing rushed or frantic. Someone says, do you have have a minute to talk? Yep, I got all the time in the world. Now, maybe not. Maybe all that time in the world is really like 10 minutes before the next thing. But not to be rushed, not to be brusque or rude. Sure. What's up? Tell me what's going on. Can we walk and talk? I'm on my way to something. Right? And um, to give someone from our time. Even if we're really, really busy. And maybe not just when these circumstances arise and someone asks for something, but to actually make the time to call someone. I'm really busy today. 
But Jesus, out of that poverty of time, I could call somebody I know I haven't talked to in a while. Can reach out to them. Maybe somebody who has something going on in their life. I'm going to make the time, and I'm going to, I'm going to call them today. And I'm going to just reach out and just talk to them. And again, when I do, I'm not going to be rushed. But in total love, Jesus, with you, I can give from that poverty of time. Do we, do we really give our time? Make it a priority every single day. We've only got 24 hours. Six or eight of them are given over to sleep. That leaves us with the rest. And Jesus, I can give it to you. In every little moment, I want to take my time, Lord, with you. We could also give from our poverty when we have little to offer. Again, that may be a... Um, that may be an experience that, that we have. Oftentimes, I don't know what I have to offer. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot to, you know, someone asked me to give a talk about something. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't have a lot to, I could give from my poverty. Again, if I'm totally incompetent, right? Someone asked me to give a talk about brain surgery. Like, no, thank you. I'm not going to talk out of my poverty there. It's, um, you, I think you got the wrong Father Casey, right? But um, no, if we can... Um, but if there's a way, yeah. I don't know if I have a lot to offer, but I can, I can, what I, what I can do, I will do. I can help with this. I can pitch in with that. I can be part of this team. I can offer to, to be of some kind of service, some work in apostolate. I'm not cut out to be an apostle. I don't have the training. I don't have the skills. I don't have the talent. All right. Well, God has the training and the skills and the talent. All we need is docility to him. Out of my poverty giving everything I have. Some people are, are very gifted speakers. Some are not. St. John Vianney used to practice and practice for hours for his homilies. And he would write them and he'd rewrite them and then he'd try to memorize them. And he would spend hours and hours and hours on every Sunday homily. And he'd get up there. And sometimes like he'd be delivering it and he'd just lose his train of thought, and he would stop, and he'd go sit down, like mid-sentence. Um, giving, John Vianney gave from his poverty, and maybe some of those sermons were the most effective ones he ever preached, when he gave out of his total poverty. And then later in his life, when he had no time, but he was in tremendously holy, he would just point to our Lord in the Eucharist and say, he's really there. He's really there out of love for us. He had lost most of his teeth by that point. And so people maybe couldn't even hear him or understand him, but it's just pointing. He's really there. Again, giving out of his total poverty. So when we feel like we have little to offer, okay, but give it all the same. I'm not going to be too good at that. It doesn't matter. Give it all the same. Give everything we have to our Lord. It's not enough to say, I'm not good at this, so we just stay on the bench. Get in the game. Give what we have. If our Lord wants us out there on the field, then off we go. It's also really helpful in trying to live poverty in all these ways, time, money, our ability to offer things, to have good friends that can help us along the way. I have a friend who's shameless about this. Um, in seminary, I would regularly go through, there was a priest who got up at a talk and he said, you'll be a better priest if you're poor. 
Now, he was a Franciscan, so he lived poverty, right? Totally. But he, he said it. He just said, you'll be a better priest if you're poor. And I said, huh, okay, I'll do that. I, I had a couch, right? I had a beautiful couch. And it was nice. And in seminary, if you can, in Rome in particular, if you could get your hands on a couch, like that is, that's luxury. Not everyone, most guys didn't, didn't manage to get one. But I, I had gotten a couch. And it took a lot of work to get it, but I did. And then I had it for just a couple of weeks. And this priest said, you'll be a better priest if you're poor. And I said, I need to get rid of my couch. And luckily I had a really good friend who said, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for helping me be poor. Now it ended up, he kept it for the next four years and I would just go sit on, I'd still sit on the couch, but in his room, not in my room. Um, but no, good friends who will help us. Help us, you know, I need to get rid of stuff in my life, but I can't even think about where I would get, well, I know where, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, give it. I'll get rid of it for you, right? Someone to help us along um, in living that poverty. A friend to help us in our poverty of time who will help us. Let's go to Mass together. We'll both make time. We're both really busy, but we'll make time. We'll go pray. We'll pray together. It's always nicer to pray with friends in community. So we'll pray. We'll pray together. We'll make the time. We'll fit our schedules around it. A friend who will encourage us, even though we have little to offer, help us along, encourage us along. And so when we have good friends that can help us in this way, Jesus, that it's meant to be a communal aspect. So we should look for friends who could help us live this, this real, actual poverty and to give then from that poverty. If we actually live it, we'll be blessed. We'll be blessed if we live from our poverty, if we give from our poverty, if we really live this. If we're just too affluent, if we're too um, proud of ourselves. There's a story in, in the book of Samuel uh, when David goes to fight Goliath. Um, Saul, the king, tries to give David his own armor. He's like, you're going to fight this giant, right? Goliath was probably about nine feet tall. And so Saul's like, take my armor, right? You're going to fight a nine-foot-tall giant. And um, they, they put on all this big armor and everything. And David's like, I can't use this stuff. Like, I can't move. It's weighing me down. He'd get himself killed if he tried to do that. He went out there poor. A few stones in a bag, his slingshot. And uh, that's it. His staff, he had a walking stick, right? That was all he had. Um, We, if we try to go into battle wearing the armor of Saul, we're going to get killed. But if we go poor, then we'll be effective because God is the one who does the work. Just a final point, you know, Jesus here. So this, this scene takes place during the Passover time. So there's a lot of people around the temple. And we know, we know who's in Jerusalem at this time. We know the amount of people that are there. And some of them are going to factor into the story a little bit later. And so there's a beautiful thought to just consider that when Jesus is watching the treasury and he says, pay attention to that poor widow who gave these two coins that equal one penny. She gave everything she had. Who do we know is in Jerusalem at this time who gets mentioned by name just a few chapters later, a few verses later? Our Lady, our Mother. And so is it possible, probable even, that there in the temple, Jesus sees his mother come through? Who gave everything, two small coins, her virginity, 
and her motherhood. And she gave them entirely to God. And Jesus points out and says, that poor widow, again, St. Joseph having died, that poor widow put in more than all those contributing to the treasury. Mary gave more. Pay attention to my mother. Look at how she gave. Is that what it explicitly says? No. Is it possible that the reason why Jesus pointed to that widow and knew her poverty, and would it be like Our Lady if she only had two small coins left to give them over entirely to God, holding nothing back? Absolutely. She, out of her poverty, gave everything. She gave everything she had her whole life. And so we should ask our mother if this was her to teach us how to give everything the way that she did, to hold nothing back, so she could be the model for us of true discipleship. We're not out of surplus wealth, but each of us really accounting out of our poverty. We give everything that we have entirely for your glory, O Lord. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.